Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Toysher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. It's kind of um, gotten to the point uh, in the year where we're starting to record and there's like the last vestiges of light, which is kind of exciting. Um, There is a beautiful sunset outside my window right now. It's like blue fading into pink and it's lovely give me some of that and it's not dark this is crazy yeah that sounds real nice it's like summer is dawning upon us yeah well you're gonna have you're gonna have nice longer days than me because you're up in boston true it's funny because you were just saying that about the sunset and i was like huh it's like we're done with sunset here it's like almost it's like totally dark but also i'm on the dark side of like i don't face the sun yeah no you should you should if my understanding of the world is i think you're right because i'm higher up yeah you're also you're also much farther east and on the same time zone true so maybe that's what that's actually what mitigates it you have a much earlier sunrise yeah so so maybe it's actually all equal but it's like the earth is like flat so i don't understand how that well, yeah, the exactly. sun moves around it, though. Even though it's flat. Okay. Yeah, it just, huh. well, it goes to the one side, and it's like quantum mechanics. It, and like, it just kind of it's been also on the other side the whole time. Also on the other because side. Because we don't, oh. we're not observing it, so we don't, you know, it's on both sides. That makes sense. I like that it's we are having a discussion about, like, quantum theory while we're talking about the earth being flat so <laughs> yeah anyway. two ideas that go great together like, i guarantee you there's someone listening that's just like well she didn't really get quantum theory right either <laughs> skip this one <laughs> yeah, like, next were... um all right yeah well, well instead of that we can talk about uh the other thing that i've been thinking about a lot this week which is the new carly ray jepsen album oh, it's great it's so good i've had a lot of fun listening to it i've had to stop myself from listening to it because i don't want to wear it out like when you like yeah i'm like obsessed with it and i was just like listening to only that for four days yeah um and then i was like what's your favorite track? it's great which is great because there's like 13 songs on it so like, like 15 you know yeah there's a lot so you don't have to like worry oh, no, too 13, much about right. um you don't have to worry too much about uh you know listen to the same like six songs over and over again but anyway my favorite song it might be um uh too much i think that's my favorite song Um, that's a good one that's a really good one i think is like i think that has real song of the summer potential yeah but i also um i also also i've had automatically in love in my head all day that's interesting. So I, I, it's like the kind. It's like we're at the point where I now have a medley of like thirty different Carly Rae Jepsen songs, just like all rap, you know, like in my head. But what's funny is that on, um, I was listening to it this afternoon while I was like folding laundry, um, and then the album ended, and then it like Spotify just like goes into like radio mode or whatever for that artist, yeah. and so then it played "Call Me Maybe." And I was like, I hadn't listened to Call Me Maybe in so long. And I was like, oh, this is, it's still a jam, but it sounds so much less evolved from her current style. It's interesting. That is good. Well, I'm glad she's evolving. Also, I need to correct the record. It is 15 songs. For some reason, Wikipedia only lists 13. It's not quite clear why, but they leave off uh, for sure in Party, Party for One. Which is very strange. Oh, that's weird because Party for One is a single. uh, Single, yeah. First single. Hmm. Um, Anyway, it's great. Listen to it. Um, It's great. I, yeah, that's just had to do a little polit effect there. Yeah. um, It's true. Yeah, it's a good record. Um, This is not a science podcast. It's not a music podcast. It's a musical science podcast. We're here to talk about what happens when you hear the semitone. Or what am I? What is a semitone? Well, it's just when you split a tone. A tone. Well, like 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 the wave. <laughs> the wave. It's just a short tone. Yeah, the wave oh, okay. is like cut in half. Like so, if you take a, if you have a wavelength wavelength, but if yeah. you have like a sound wave, and you yeah. you make it go, and if you like reduce the size of it, it goes up an octave. Mm-hmm. 
So semitones are within. But but kind of like what happens when you suck a helium balloon. Yeah. That's the same it's the same science, right? It's, I have no idea if it's the no, same No, I science. think that's just your, your, your <laughs> vocal cords constricting or something. Yeah. But yes, it's the same okay, thing. Okay, so right. Okay, I am a scientist. <laughs> anyway, someone And a musicologist <laughs> is listening to that and like, um, that's not quite what a semitone is. It's, <laughs> it's okay, we don't know It's very about. tiny. It's listening. just, it's on like a, a chromatic scale. If you're, okay. if you're like, listen, it's just like a, 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 a little, little tiny, little half step up. Chromatic scale. I like that. Yeah. It sounds like a type of surgery, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but we, this is not a music podcast. This is a um, uh, TV podcast. Hmm? Question? Question mark? TV? It's a TV well, podcast. Say Let's pretend that it's a TV podcast. And yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you what you watched on, let's say, television in the past hmm. two weeks. Hmm. It would be more accurate to say my computer, but... Um, well, good point. <laughs> this is also a computer podcast. <laughs> this is a computer uh, podcast. Yeah. We're going to hack into the mainframe. Yeah, we are hacking into it and go. Okay. Um, so I... Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the show wrapped up on Sunday. Um, an HBO television show uh, wrapped up on Sunday. And it was... The television show Barry. Yeah. Uh, people seemed really mad about this show on on Twitter. Um, oh, wait, about Barry or about the show that should not be named? <laughs> I was just seeing if I could trick you. About the yeah, show okay. that shall not be named. But <laughs> so can we were upset about Barry. <laughs> everyone was so mad about that, that, that ending. Um, can we briefly talk about the show that shall not be named? Because I won my office predictions pool about it. And I was the one That's... who didn't watch it. <laughs> I feel like just about anything that anyone who doesn't watch it could come up with would be like. The thing is, and I told them all, I did watch the finale, but of course by then I'd already made all the predictions, so that didn't have anything to do with it. And I did like, you know, was spoiling things. What did you say happened? I knew that. I think what pushed me over the edge was I knew that Bran, one of the Stark Mm -hmm. kids, had would become the king, and. did he, so is that how it works? Did he get the throne? Is that how this happened? Yeah, in some weird, like, sort of, like, Jeff Winger from Community sort of speech from uh, Peter Dinklage. It was it was weird, mm. and it's really not mm. worth talking about because it wasn't that great. Like, it was fine. I enjoyed watching it, but, like, um, but I, I won the Predictions League, and I'm pretty sure it's because I wasn't <laughs> analyzing all of the characters and behaviors and expected outcomes because in my mind the right best you were predi- like the cute one <laughs> yeah the best predictor was like just what, what like really mediocre white male uh writers would come up with and i was right. just like well they're not just gonna pick a inside. woman it's gonna be now a that's dude. hacking a mainframe yeah. yeah so like yeah that's hacking the mainframe so i was kind of just like i, I don't know if that rule i like I, I think i lucked into it and i could have just as easily come in very last place for not knowing anything mm-hmm. but Mm-hmm. Just shows you you didn't actually need to know anything about that show to predict what those dudes would come up with, those bozos. I enjoy that greatly. Yeah, I felt <laughs> I was so pleased with myself all day. I was like, I should wear a yeah. crown anyway. Um, but no, Barry no. ended. I didn't realize it was already ending. Uh, I'm sure that they basically just like found out how many episodes of Games of Thrones there were. Oh, Game of Thrones Games there was going to be, and they're like, Barry, you get this many episodes." <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I love that you called it. How many Games of Thrones? <laughs> games of Thrones. <laughs> like t- Attorneys General like, calls to right, sack. It's like, <laughs> right, it's the legal term for Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm sure they just like basically were like. There's gonna be eight Game of Thrones, so you get eight berries. <laughs> like, <laughs> if there were gonna be eleven Game of Thrones, you probably would have gotten eleven berries. Um, was it on? But, was it on like right before? Uh, I think it was on after. Oh, wild! It was on after. Okay. Yeah, so I hope they got a nice solid bump from that. <laughs> well, those people who were just coming in to watch Game of Thrones and then decided to watch the season finale of a show in its second season. Yeah, I think HBO's like, um, what are we gonna do now? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I they've got a bunch of you know whatever. They did have like an line. amazing trailer for Westworld right beforehand. <sighs> yeah, I still gotta watch it. Um, oh, I saw. That spoils I saw it for you. News of it on the Twitter. Yeah, sorry. Today. I don't even watch Westworld. I've never seen an episode, but this trailer was so good. It was so perfectly yeah. done. Brilliant. I've. I I do need to check it out. Maybe I'll like return to. Who are we kidding? That's not gonna happen. Yeah. I'm not going back to Westworld. <laughs> I'm not going back. There. Uh, maybe I'll go back no. to Westworld. <laughs> No, it's not going to happen. Um, 
But Barry ended. I think I mentioned Barry when the premiere was on, so a mere two months ago. Um, and I don't think I've talked about it since on the show. Uh, but finale happened. I just think people should get into Barry in the off season this year. I think I said that last year. And if you didn't, now you should really get into it because it, this was really, it was a really good season. I think a lot of people had the thought after the first season of Barry that it's one of these things that doesn't need a second season. I don't know that I really agreed with that. It wasn't like a big little lies where it was pitched as a miniseries. Right. Like, oh, wait, we gotta come back for more. You know, like, especially where it was based on an existing tech, you know, I mean... I was like, sure, we, we should keep going from this. Um, but I don't know that I thought that it would necessarily take the massive step up that it did. This was a really good season. Um, you know, it's a show about a white male antihero. Uh, My favorite. Yeah, your favorite. Do we need more of those? Uh, arguable. But um, I do think this was a really... I mean, it's also a show about processing your trauma it's a show about kind of trying to understand the things that have happened to you and and um you know tell your own story it's about kind of trying to live an authentic life and can people change is a really central um idea to this show and and it comes to conclusions um but you know i just bill Hader is He's amazing. He's great. And, I agree. Um, there were a couple of episodes this season that were just really incredible. One of them was called Ronnie Lily, which got a lot of attention um, for being an episode that kind of stepped out of like the world of the show and kind of was a little bit fantastical, which was a wild ride of television. If there's truly a wild ride, I don't even know. I mean, it obviously would help to have seen the rest of the show in order to watch that episode but i'm not even 100 percent sure that it's totally necessary in order to enjoy it um it's really incredible and and then i think you know a big complaint about the first season was that especially the um main woman character on the show barry's girlfriend played by this actress sarah goldberg um who's a great actress but was super underutilized last year and underwritten um you know they really seem to have taken that to heart, uh, Alec Berg and, and Bill Hader, who do a lot of the writing and, and created the show. Um, and they gave her an incredible arc this season that was about her kind of using acting, where, whereas Barry is trying to use his acting to sort of process the um, horrible shit that he's done in his life as an assassin. Sarah Goldberg decides to kind of write this scene for herself that is about the... Um, her abusive uh, relationship with her ex-boyfriend who was uh, a horrible person. And um, it's a, it just a great arc. It has a great, incredible finish in the, in the finale. And uh, the finale is really like a game changer for the whole kind of trajectory of the show. So I'm very curious to see where it goes from, from here. Um, so it's definitely Bill getting a third season. Yeah, it's already been greenlit for a third season. Bill Hader, I feel like, has got to be a shoe-in for an Emmy. He won, he won last year, and then Henry Winkler won last year for supporting. Um, and I don't know that Henry Winkler had as many standout moments this year, but but in, in that place, uh, Stephen Root, um, who plays Barry's kind of mentor in, as in Assassin in Assassin. If you, don't, and if you don't know who Stephen Root is, he's that guy. He's that guy. He's from every, I mean, he's from news radio. He's from office space. He's from everything on the planet. And I don't think he's ever won any major awards. I'm sure he's been nominated for Emmys probably from his work on news radio. But um, yeah, him and and Anthony Kerrigan, who plays NoHo Hank, who like has become a little is bit. Is he of the a guy that plays? He's the he's that guy. hilarious, yeah, like yes. Chechen or something. <laughs> yeah, he's the Chechen. So um, funny, and he's so. Fu- I mean, he's like they. What's brilliant about the use of that character is that they don't overdo it with him, and he is only usually in a few minutes per episode, but. Um, steals every single scene is fucking there's a scene in the finale where he's ordering a table online like over the phone from like 
you know, some furniture company and he, it's going to be like a table that they're going to use to like sort heroin. Heroin table. That's got to be a thing, right? So I'm on your website right now. Beautiful furniture, by the way. And I'm seeing dining room tables. I'm seeing coffee tables, but not sure how to look for the table that I need. No, it's for heroin. About 30 kilos, give or take. What I'm thinking is carved wood, stone top, marble maybe. What I'm dealing with is an open floor plan, so it really needs to work on its own merit. Anyway, he's amazing. Show's great. It's It was a huge step up from the first season, which I think was already really good. So I would get into Barry before, uh, before it's too late. Um, JK, it won't be too late because it'll be streaming all year. I don't think so. I think it'll be. Any, any time is is uh, the right time for Barry. So um, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, so I started watching, I only watched the first episode because it's actually way more intense than I was anticipating, but I watched the, the series, the first episode of the Catch-22 series on Hulu. Um, Interesting. Based on the Joseph Heller novel. Um, so about... I've never read the book because apparently I skipped eighth grade English. Um, oh, we read this my senior is... year. I doubt. Okay, I doubt right. they would make thirteen-year-olds read it. Read it. I don't. I've never read it though. It's, it's like a political thriller type. No, book, it's it? it's 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 satire, but not not like allegorical satire in any way. It's um, it's follows this one um, bombardier pilot in World War Two named Yosaria, and he's like uh, Armenian American or something, and he. Uh, is so the titular catch 22 is he's like this is insane it's it's basically being like this is a meaningless war like nothing i mean not so much obviously it's like it was it was the fucking nazis right but like but the he more the bureaucracy of war and just like all these like meaningless things that they expect like men who are risking their lives to care about like and part of it is like you know he's flown all these missions he's in the united states army air force and he has flown all these missions they're super dangerous and all these people have died and like they keep up or upping the total number of mission counts you have to mm-hmm. do before you go home um mm-hmm. and he so his his whole thing he's like well this is crazy this is insane you'd have to be insane to follow these orders like and keep risking your life you should not they should not want a crazy person to like be flying mm-hmm. right and be like a soldier so He's like, why would you be doing this? We talk to this one doctor, Dr. Nika, and he's just like, you have to ground me. This is crazy. I'm not, I can't do this. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. the mere fact that you're asking for me to ground you shows that you're not crazy. And then Yosarian is like, okay, well, like, what about like Clevenger? He loves to, he loves to fly these missions. He's crazy. Why don't you ground him? And the doctor's like, well, he has to ask me. And he's like, but as soon as you ask him, that means you're not crazy anymore. And the doctor's like, yeah, that's the catch. That's catch 22. Anyway, so that's the whole book. Okay. And it's, it's really easy. There's a bunch of characters and it's, it's, they're like really serious moments, but there's also just like insane wild dialogue. Like there's a character named who's his, his name on his birth certificate is major, major, major. And he's like a Lieutenant. So he's Lieutenant major, 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 but then he gets promoted to major, 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 major. And he, <laughs> and it's just like, like weird stuff like that, that like just, you know, like all this like meaning. Anyway, I adored this book as a teenager. I thought it was so good and so funny. And it's definitely about like the horrors of war and like that. Um, but I, I read it like I've read it at least three times. Um, but it's probably been like a good 12 years since I've read it. And so in my mind, mm-hmm. there's, there, there's, there's so many characters in this, this story. They're all like different men that are in the army. Um, and in my head I picture these characters and they're all like like grown men right Mm -hmm. they're all like they some of them have like mustaches in my mind or like they look like Mm -hmm. like like dads and this show because I've never seen an actual they made a movie of it in this the 70s that was really bad and um this is the first time I've ever actually seen any it like on film and they're all just like really young guys you know they're like 18 20 and I'm like, it, and the kids who go to war. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's not like I didn't know that. It's not like I didn't know that even when I was like 16 and reading it for the first time. But it's just like, it's a different sort of feel than I have when I read the books. Where like, and I and I don't know if part of it is that like, you know, the whole war is hell 
theme is such mm-hmm. a common theme of like high school lit. You know, there's like read like All Quiet on the Western Western Front and like you know all these the other ki- like men books. Yeah, yeah, that stuff. Yeah. You know, and um, but like this this was and this was all in the same vein. And I don't know if it's just that now our world is like really scary. It was always scary. We didn't maybe know it quite so much when we were just in Iraq and it was, you know, you're 16. But like, anyway, it's the the first episode was really affecting. They get the really crazy dialogue perfectly, like all these mm-hmm. bizarre exchanges, like sort of French farce type exchanges. Um, and uh, that's so like that's really fun. And mm-hmm. there's also Hugh Laurie is in it. Um, doing his perfect American accent. Um, George Clooney is in it, and he has a really funny scene from the get-go. He's pretty good. Um, Kyle Chandler. So it's all just, like, it's all men. Those are some men. It's all men. And you know I normally yeah. don't like that, but this book, like, meant a lot to me. But, like, yeah, it, it, I think they're doing it really well. And it's because I've always wondered, like, it's such a hard book to go to film because it jumps around. There's, like, three different plot lines, and you never know when it's going to just jump to a different scene. Um, mm-hmm you don't get any really like good clues for like whether you're five months before or 10 months after, except by who's died. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, I will keep watching it. Um, cool. But like I said, I've only watched one, but it, it's is it a new show or has it been on Hulu for a little while? No, they just released it like a, a week or so ago. Okay. Maybe, cool. maybe even less. Like I, I'd been waiting for it. I had been anticipating. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. It's not like it's been on there for six yeah. months or something. Um, okay. But the the trailer that they have for it gives it a gives a pretty good picture of, you know, the kind of, you know, what the what it's threading, you know, what kind yeah. of uh, tone it has. So um, I recommend watching the trailer if you're interested. And if you like that, then um, I think that's a good good take on it. It's serious and funny. But anyway. Um, cool. cool. So, yes, we should move on, though, because um, that was just one episode (laughs) um still more to come more to come um this week we're gonna talk about i think i I can safely say this was one of our favorites in a long time i think of this year so far my favorite show that i've seen this year i i'm kind of with you um we watched the second series because it's british um (laughs) of fleabag the phoebe waller bridge show and we both yeah, loved it. Yeah, and both loved it. Um, so the first season was on, it debuted, well, I don't 2015. know. 2015. I, I I, yeah, I don't think it was on in America quite that long ago. I could be wrong That might be right. That. It was BBC I think it and maybe, Amazon Prime, I think, picked it up. Yeah, I think maybe in 2016. That sounds maybe right. Maybe came to America. But yeah, I do think the show... Um, and I, you know, it was a ri- Fleabag was originally pitched as just, uh, in true Big Little Lies style, um, p- as a miniseries. And then, um, they got, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, to do another season. Yeah. Uh, and of course, and, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, the creator of Killing Eve. She also did voice work in, uh, Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Anyway. No, not Rogue One. Yeah, she's... Different one? A different one. Different it's one. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know which one I want. I don't, like, I literally can't I think it might have been you. solo, but I really don't know. And the, they're, they're going to come after me. I have no idea. Um, That's not your wheelhouse. I don't know any, I, yeah, it is not, that is not the place for me. She developed, uh, well, she developed the television version of Killing Eve, because it was, of course, a uh, book before that. Yeah, or the but, Villanelle novels or whatever. But, yeah, exactly. So... You know, but then she didn't work on Killing Eve uh, for the second season because she was working on, on Fleabag, which I think now that I've seen it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Fair trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, Meh. but um, for sure, this is definitely, I mean, there are a few other things I think that come close to me, even in the last couple of years to this, I would definitely extend it beyond the first couple of months of this year. Like, I think like last year's season of, of, um, of Bojack Horseman, like, is something that I still think about a lot. Like, but there, there aren't that many things that I think I'm like still thinking about a week later. Let alone with the show, I feel like I could still be thinking about 
these six episodes in a few years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's... I watched the whole six episodes <laughs> again on... That's amazing. On, I mean, I, I get it. I watched like, Friday or Saturday, and then I watched it again on, like, Sunday and Monday. Yeah, I watched like, the I whole watched... thing on Sunday, so... But I get I watching it again. The whole thing twice in seventy-two hours. Like I, I was just couldn't. It's I rare. Had to watch it I again. love rewatching. I would watch it again right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like rewatching stuff, but I tend to only watch rewatch light fare, like comedies yeah. or like rom coms or something, or like like spy fun fun like you know like the, I'm thinking of the man from Uncle, of course. Yeah. You know, best movie ever. But um. But this one is like a serious one that I would 100% rewatch. I've had so, I enjoyed myself so much from this show. It was such a good time. And it was just so, so serious. It was a good and time it, and a bad time. A good time and a, <laughs> but like, but that's what I mean. Like it was a bad time and yeah. I had fun doing it. Like I knew it wasn't real, like, right. I'm like, but like I, it was, it was good. The way a lot of people do like to rewatch like their favorite movie as a sad movie. I've never understood that. This was like, I'm like, oh, this could be my favorite. This is what that is. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, so you sent me a really interesting article. Um, I think a good, uh, just a good write-up from from the it was in um, the Ringer magazine, from the online magazine, The Ringer. Um, and it actually, in the first couple of paragraphs, kind of compared the show a little bit to Barry, like which I found yeah, I, kind of I interesting. Thought of you. I was like, oh, Sarah's gonna um, yeah, love which because they, you know, both in their second seasons, I think both kind of about a whether or not like a semi. I mean, uh, the character of Barry much vastly more irredeemable than um, than than Fleabag, but you know, can this kind of irredeemable person be redeemed? Like, what happens when you try to change your life? Like, is is it possible for like a person to change? And um, and you know, I think that they come to very different conclusions. <laughs> uh, the two shows come to very different conclusions. But, you know, Fleabag, just in case you haven't seen the first season, you should go back and watch it. Something that I want to do now, that, that, that article, I think, is also one that brought up the idea. I think it was this one. I read a couple of pieces about it. But um, the, the second season of the show actually sort of elevates the first season. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see And that. I now, which I remember thinking was great at the time but like you know certainly one of the best things i i think i probably saw that year but like maybe i wasn't it didn't permeate into my brain the same way that this did but fleabag's about this woman named fleabag she doesn't have another name (laughs) she has a name we don't know what it is no one calls her fleabag in the show no one calls her Fleabag. What I love about the show, actually, there's some characters have names that some characters are named to us. Some are not uh, about half and half. And um, and for characters that don't have names um, uh, to us, there's it's not weird. I was just, trying to explain this to coworkers today because they're like, they don't have names. It's and I'm not like, weird. No, you don't they even just really never say the it. names. You don't notice it until you're like. Until, of course, the like end the of the season when. Well, and also. Oh, and then the, the when, Olivia Coleman, like, meta. Right, when the godmother yeah. is, is addressing uh, Fleabag's dad. Um, She's introducing character him. character has a name. She's introducing him, and she just realizes that she can't remember his name because she always calls him Darling. Yeah, and, like, that's how they do it in the show. Like, they always just have her call him Darling, so you never notice that she's not using his name. Um, Right. And they just call him Dad, so... The priest is uh, a priest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People just don't do a lot of direct addressing. Uh, I think Claire, maybe, is uh, Fleabag's sister, is the the character that sort of gets... most heavily referenced which i thought was funny in that in, in that there are then two <laughs> Claire. She like, half the characters so she, have no names when there's two she's characters in a miserable marriage name. and she's in love with this finnish guy because she's been commuting to finland which is bananas and like she, bananas she um, falls in love with this finnish guy Claire. and his name is claire like spelled k-l-a-r-e <laughs> <laughs> i think that's so funny claire and claire like, two characters that have the same name in a show where there's only a, a couple of characters that even have names it's so good um so, you know, in the first season, we don't have to go through it too much, but basically, Fleabag's life uh, kind of falls apart. Um, she's sort of a sex-addicted, uh, bit of a narcissist, perhaps. Um, breaks up her relationship with her boyfriend ends. her mother. She's trying to grieve her mother's death from, from breast cancer. Um, 
has a bit of an, she and her sister have a bit of an estrangement from their father who is now in a relationship with their godmother, their mother's best friend, who's a monster. Played um, by Olivia Coleman. Played by Olivia Coleman, who, you know, just won, won a well-deserved Oscar. Um, and, and then finally, uh, um, Martin, her sister's awful husband, uh, tries to kiss her at, um, at uh, her, her sister's birthday party, and her sister doesn't believe him. I mean, doesn't believe her that um, he's the one who initiated. It. And then finally, most importantly, she's also grieving the death of her best friend, um, who we find out. Um, her you find role out that she had death. just walked into traffic. Yeah, and yeah, and that, that it and was that Fleabag she blames herself kind of. for this for a reason. And yeah, um, so that's kind of like where we leave Fleabag. So it ends and on a very I mean, yeah, it ends for on a show a- that that was like supposed to be the end of. It was a you know that was supposed to be it for the show, and it's like a really dark end. Yeah, so it ends on a really like you know, down note and it's kind of a bummer. And so when I, I watched like the first two episodes on Saturday and I was kind of like, I got to steal myself for the rest. Cause like, I'm worried about where it goes from here. And, um, the, the ringer episode or the ringer article I, um, found had a really good point where they called it like a parabola. Yeah. And, um, because, you know, it's not like, which is not to say that the season ends like in a very like happy, like night, little like sweet little package ending but just that you i felt like it was it was such a cathartic season like i felt at the end i was so i was it was you know sad and it was moving and it was all these things but i didn't feel like like i felt gutted in a good way yeah i don't know if you felt the same but no i did too i mean there's so much you could say about this show like we're not gonna be able to really encapsulate all of it at all. But um, from the first moments of the second season to the last moments, um, the whole thing is, is just, it's this celebration of, um, I think it's like a celebration of, it like becomes like a celebration of, of, life sort of in a very weird way even though it's about these like very damaged characters kind of trying to find connections in in their life and trying to kind of repair these relationships um yeah you get the impression you know she's such a mess and she's self-destructive through like the first season and you um you know and her family's really frustrated with her they don't necessarily treat her very fairly, but they're they're mad at her. And then, um, and they have various reasons, right? Well, which is what I'm saying. Like they're like they're mad yeah. at her. She does these self destructive right. things. Yeah, they're not right. fair. But like you, you kind of are like, well, that yeah, that's family, and like your sister doing this must be really annoying. The first, uh, this second season, the first episode begins with like her having it's been 371 days, and like she's, um, like cut down on her drinking she's been exercising she's doing all these good things and she's like you know her dad says at one point at this dinner to celebrate his and the godmother's engagement he's like you're behaving you're not like misbehaving and she's like well what's the point and she's kind of just like kind of almost like given up on her family she's not trying to get attention she's realized that like none of these things you know matter and then so for this season you get to actually get more insight into her family members and you're like they're because they do treat her really unfairly they're really awful to her sometimes um in a way that she doesn't quite deserve or like they they assume the worst about her about anything she says i think that's it to me yeah they sort of assume the worst yeah and maybe she's given them some cause for that in the past but there's there's no good faith on their part Mm -hmm. but you as the season goes on you learn you know you get to see a more human side of them i think especially claire um and that's like really valuable and i feel like that maybe also parallels Fleabag's like revelation like she's not being quite so like self-centered and she's looking at her family in different ways and being like yeah they're kind of shitty to me but like I guess here's why and just like I had reasons to be shitty about other things you know Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I found her transformation you know in in a really short period of time just these like six 
each episode is like 25 minutes long. I mean, we learn that in the kind of in the downtime between seasons and the year that it's been, she's been Fleabag has been sort of trying these various ways to heal herself from the pain that she, you know, right, her self-destructiveness um, and and all of these various traumas that she's experienced that she hasn't really gotten over the death of her friend and the death of her mother. Um, and, you know, she, we learned that she's been like exercising, she's been eating right. She's been, you know, re- not having casual sex. I love the scene where the guy's like, <laughs> like really attractive man, like wants to have sex with her. And she literally runs in the other direction. <laughs> it's like, can I at least go down on you? And she's like, no, she like runs away. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and, um, and, and none of it's helping, you know, she's like kind of just drifting through life, but she's built up even more kind of walls around herself. And the signature characteristic of, of the show of the character is that Fleabag breaks the fourth wall. She dresses the audience, um, mid sentence in, you know, sometimes in cat conversations that she's having, she'll just kind of steal looks, you know, or, or um, she'll say at, cutting little asides, like, yes, she did. You right. Know, like right, narr- the whole uh, narrator. She did type thing right. but just to the audience. It's like, you're her friend. You're her, like, you're the, you're, you're you confidant. as the audience are the person that actually understands her when other people are assuming the worst about her. <laughs> I thought I wouldn't see you again unless you were in trouble. Oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, you mean this kind of trouble? <laughs> Isn't he great? He's so great. He's funny. He makes jokes. She turned around and it was the golden one. <laughs> he sort of needed to hear the top bit. I love wordplay. Oh, he's clever. Shakespeare uses wordplay. He says things like, I've got a big case tomorrow. He's a little bit controlling. Don't eat that. But it's manageable. I'm going to. Okay. He's a feminist. I have a sister. He's unpredictable. I'm just going to go for a shit. I'm ignoring that. Actually, you want to go and have sex? That's better. I'm really good at it. He won't be. I'm really good at it. He won't be. He's really good at it. Right. But, of course, we're not real. And Not in her universe. You know, what the show kind of reveals over the course of it is that, you know, this is really just her retreating into herself it's retreating from uncomfortable moments and difficult conversations and like you know it's an outlet that because she doesn't have anyone else to talk to you know like she doesn't have she lost her best friend she doesn't have we don't see her you know with any other um friends in her life and so she just kind of we're all she has and she's kind of turned the audience into this kind of crutch um yeah and and that really i mean and that gets and it, and it's not really commented on itself in in the first season at all but then in this season we meet the priest the hot um, priest played by andrew hot... scott who you might know from as moriarty in the the I overwrought have never seen sherlock well don't it's pretty heavy i mean honestly right now i'm feeling like i'd watch it just for i mean you could moriarty. watch it just for him he's really good in it um yeah You'd have to sit through a lot of just, like, Benedict Cumberbutt being, like, a tortured genius. (laughs) I mean, I am fully on the Andrew Scott train, let me tell you. He is so good. He's this Irish actor, and he plays this priest that is going to be officiating the godmother and her dad's wedding. And she meets him at this dinner party that opens up the second season. And he's like a cool hot priest. Like he's not even wearing his collar um, at their first meeting. And he doesn't wear it like for most, like maybe half the scene. Most scenes. of the show. Yeah. And which I was, I was kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. I don't know if that's a commonly done. Anyway, but he's, he's really great. And they like hit it off and they bond and they have like really wonderful conversations where he like thinks he sees foxes everywhere. It's, it's so the chemistry between them is so good it's i don't know how they like did they test different actors like i don't know they took some sort of like magic potion or something to like like a witch's spell yeah (laughs) because these two have a chemistry and like a sexual like tension between them that is almost unlike anything I've ever seen on television. It's pretty, it's pretty good. These two 
make Mulder and Scully look like brother and sister. I like... I was like thinking about Mulder and Scully, and I was like bored. I was like, no, this is this is like it's been done. Yeah, yeah. Like I like we can all just pack up and go home. Yeah. I think honestly, because this is, um, you know, they they develop this crush on each other, and it's like he's a priest, and he is a recent priest. I think is something that's also notable here. Yeah, he, it's. He hasn't been in the clergy for, you know, 15 years. Like, he's, it, it's, they don't make it clear, but he's, like, I've recently become a priest. And he's, you know, they're in their mid-30s. And, um, uh, and, and so, you know, like. And she doesn't believe in God. She doesn't believe in God. Um, and, you know, she's now made him question everything about his belief system. Um, everything about what he's decided to dedicate his life to. And in a way, he's doing the same for her because she is this, you know, built these walls around herself. She kind of tells him at one point, like, if you make me an optimist, you're going to ruin my life. And and she doesn't, you know, see this sort of like happy ending, I think, for herself. She doesn't, the idea of letting someone get to really know her, get to fall in love with her, being that vulnerable is terrifying to her. And she just rejects the possibility kind of outright. Um, And, you know, he then, of course, becomes the only person who's really seeing her, like he calls her out on the audience addressing. So there's the scene, the first or this, I think it's the second time he does it. He he catches her when they're sitting out on the bench at like the rectory or whatever. And then later he's in her house or something. Or no, they're in the cafe. They're in the and cafe. They, yeah. And he, um, I loved this part so much. She kept. He's like, "Why do you keep doing that?" Because he gets mad at her because he keeps seeing her like look to the camera. Though, you know, not really. He does, he obviously doesn't see a camera, but. He at one point follows her gaze and it's so unexpected as the viewer because he then look he looks right into the camera and he goes, what is right. that? And he like, what is that? And, you know, he's not seeing a camera, but it, it captures whatever it is. He's he's almost there with her. He's like going. He's so <sighs> close there. So good. That's so like meaningful. But it was also so fun to watch him like right. when Andrew Scott whirls around and like you're you're suddenly he's looking right at you. It's amazing. I watched that at least three times. I just kept rewinding. It's so good. Yeah. So he's kind of like, you know, where are you going? You know, and, and the fact and that he could follow and he looked at the camera, is, like she's obviously right. not literally looking in that direction. You're right. seeing her do that, but he, he sees something in her eyes. But the the way the show presents it, he's looking in the same direction as her. And it's pretty wonderful. It's pretty, I mean, it's incredible. I, I you know, no one else in the show, you know, sees her thoroughly enough and knows her well enough you know to to notice this you know that she's kind of escaping in these moments and it's got it and and you know so he kind of just starts to break down these walls and you know she starts to sort of let him in you know she acknowledges her crush on him and she wants to have sex with him and she wants you know but um we build up to this scene where they are in this confessional, um, in his church, oh, man. And, you know, he's, he's a Catholic priest. And so, uh, um, they're in the confessional booth and she just lays bare all of her deepest insecurities to him. And I think it's one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen on television. Honestly. I want someone to tell me what to wear in the morning. <laughs> okay, well, I think there are people who can... No, I want someone to tell me what to wear every morning. I want someone to tell me what to eat, what to like, what to hate, what to rage about, what to listen to, what band to like, what to buy tickets for, what to joke about, what not to joke about. I want someone to tell me what to believe in, who to vote for and who to love and how to tell them. I just think I want someone to tell me how to live my life, Father, because so far I think I've been getting it wrong. But I know that's why people want people like you in their lives, because you just tell them how to do it. You just tell them what to do, 
and what they'll get out at the end of it. And even though I don't believe your bullshit, and I know that scientifically nothing that I do makes any difference in the end anyway, I'm still scared. Why am I still scared? So just tell me what to do. Just fucking tell me what to do, Father. I have, like, I, so I have a clip of it, but I didn't include how he responded because I didn't want to spoil it in case, you know. There's a, it goes from being this, like you're in tears at her confession to then in an instant, it turns into this like hypersexual. <laughs> like I just, it's incredible. I mean, as and like then, as a Catholic, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it is something else. Um, and but and, I will also you know, say the show is respectful of religion. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm a religious person, but this show is not like it. Like yes, the Catholic. He's Church very is like dedicated a joke. It's to funny, his faith. but like he. You take it. You take him and his face seriously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, this is like you don't get the the. That's a really good point. Like it's not like, like being like he, there's this problem with him, like and she doesn't right. think that either. She's like I don't believe in God, but she never once like judges him for his faith. She doesn't believe in God, but then also like the whole reason she's in the church, you know, doing the confession. She decides is like, to she's like try maybe I can. He finds solace in this. Like maybe there's yeah, but I think he also had explained it as like you are just kind of like using it for you know like a medit- meditative sort of thing and sure. she you know might know that too she's like i was here for a prayer you know and so there are yeah, some real fun never, moments of abs- like god intervening that are yeah. really funny <laughs> yeah like my favorite is when he's trying to reach the the gin or whatever it is from the top shelf um, and he's jumping up and down and he just goes oh god help me and then it just falls down and he falls like, right in his he hands goes, yeah. or something <laughs> yeah perfect and i mean um yeah, but you take him seriously, right? You you take you you don't doubt for a second that this is difficult. That he is struggling with this, you know. That this is um, now he's in this impossible situation. Um, I mean, even if the whole show was just about their arc and their relationship, it would be un like just blow you completely out of the water yeah i have to say that that there's also all of these other characters and their stories um even though they're they're kind of minor parts but the storylines i think that um you know claire gets uh the 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 dad and the godmother yeah i mean and and even like yeah no there's and there's great guest appearances um Fiona Shaw shows up briefly as a, a free voucher for a. She's not the voucher. She plays a psychologist, <laughs> the but uh, <laughs> Fleabag's dad, Fleabag's gets, her dad gets her a voucher for an hour of free therapy. So she goes and it's Fiona Shaw. She seems like a very just good being very honestly. Fiona Shaw. It's really fun. Um, from Kristen Eve, Scott yeah. Thomas plays this uh, woman who wins the Businesswoman of the Year award or Woman in Business of the Year or something. And um, Woman in Business, which I think is a. She's a monologue that I find profoundly affecting. Um, um, yeah. Where she's really kind of encouraging Fleabag to, you know, people are all we've got, you know, kind of. And then um, <laughs> I love her, her, her whole, she's a whole monologue about how, you know, women are born with pain and men have to seek it out. Um, yeah, that was Which a good I think line. is brilliant. And then <laughs> how, you know, after you know, menopause ends, you're no longer, you know, she, cause she's like, a, you know, she's about 60 years old and she's like, you know, menopause is horrible, but you get to the end of it. And then it's weird because you're no longer this, like, you, you're not just like a collection. You're of not a machine. Yeah. 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 You're, and you're, you're, lift, just, you're free. I love it. You go from a woman in business to just a person in business. <laughs> um, just all of the, all of these uh, guest turns are, are amazing. I, I even thought that Martin, the horrible, horrible step, uh, a brother-in-law, um, played by Brett Gelman, who I think is, he's so good at playing play a shitty guy. He, he <laughs> yes. I can't imagine him playing a nice person. 
Neither can I. It would be bizarre. It would. I would just be like, oh no, he's such an asshole. You'd be saying like yeah. the nicest thing, and I'd be like, oh god, no, this fucking guy. I mean, he's an awful husband. He's dealing with a wife who is kind of clearly on the verge of leaving him, and and he's just he's almost he's almost cartoonishly bad. I think in the first episode of the season, you know, he has a some really awful, oh, awful, yeah. he's he says some terrible. awful things to Fleabag, and um, and, uh, and and then I was like. I almost felt like this character was being a little bit too broadly written, but then they they bring him around, you know, by the end of the season where he's still awful, but he is identifiably a human being. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, not a character. Yeah, he just says, he's like, I'm not man. a bad person. I just have a really bad personality. And... and it's like, that makes no fucking sense, but it is absolutely a story that someone would tell themselves Like, I would say, themselves. yeah, I mean, I could see that. I don't think it actually applies to him. I think he is a bad person because he right. hurt people. Does bad things. Like, yeah. people can have bad personalities but not be bad people. But you can, and you can still hate them because their personalities are bad and awful. But, like, True. you know. But but he's he is a bad person. And I think I lo- there's this scene where he's, like, gives this little speech and, you know, with Claire. And he's, like, asking her to... Um, you know, to not, not leave him. To not leave yeah. him. But she's like, please leave me. And he, he gives this speech. He's like, well, you know, if you, I have a bad personality. I make you laugh. That's the most important thing. You always said it's the most important thing. Like, I, like, need you, like, I need us to stay together. And I'm not going to go until, unless you get on your knees and beg me. And you don't know what's going to happen. And right. You know, I mean, you, he's you just didn't know because it was speech. a yeah, it was like a meaningful and like pers- not persuasive speech. Like you as the viewer for sure are like, like no fuck this guy, but you could see how someone would fall for it or how it could be written in a way to make a character act a certain way. And then yeah. Claire just gets down on her knees and she just says, "Please leave me." And it's so good because you're like, I love that this show surprises you even when it's the outcome that should happen and that you almost expect and that you want to happen you're still kind of like yes it's fun and awesome in that moment yeah yeah and i i mean i i love his justifications for the fact that he's not a bad person which are like the bare minimum of what you could expect a partner to do like he he points to picking his stepson up from school i know oh my god yeah making desserts to bring to like potlucks and he's like i he, he I like cooks something like, like do once things. a month or something. He's like, I do things. Oh my I'm god, a, he's the I'm worst. not a bad partner. I do things. He's the and it's worst. Like, and it's his. Well, it's I her mean... stepson. Right, right. It's his. Well, yeah, it's, it's his, his son. son. Yeah, <laughs> she's the one carrying um, the kid's bassoon around everywhere. <laughs> so I read. I read a comment someone put on Twitter, which I think was great, which was that the, they kind of make fun of. His, his weird stepson for playing the bassoon over and over again. Yeah, she just got, at one point she just goes, why the bassoon? <laughs> and then in the finale, we actually hear him play the bassoon. He's and not he's quite good. good at it. <laughs> no, he's good at it. He plays a whole song. Oh, really? The, I thought I yeah, remember the, he plays a whole bad. song. I need the, to rewatch um, it. In my mind, it was bad. The wedding ceremony. No, well, he's pretty good at it. <laughs> that's cute. He, was, um, he wasn't too bad. He was creepy, but he wasn't too bad. He's cre- yeah, exactly. I mean... This show, I mean, it's, you know, Fleabag, it's a show about, you know, how Fleabag needs to reestablish real connections, like, with her family. She, she like, you know, it sounds cheesy to say that she, like, learns how to love, but I mean... She kind of does. She kind of does. I mean, right, like, you know, she she's been with love interests before, but being this vulnerable, again you know after after everything that happened with her her the right all of her self-destructive tendencies with her previous relationships you know it seems like kind of seems like maybe she you know is not willing to go that place to that place to that vulnerable place and like again but kind of learns how to do it with this priest and like you know we don't have to say what happens at the very end but like it's the show is it's like both it's it's devastating and it's optimistic, and it makes you. That's feel, what I mean. That like you didn't you know? leave it feeling like downtrodden. I felt no. I, I felt, felt moved, weirdly energized, yeah. like renewed. Right. And I, I mean... also have to say, I think I I said this to you a couple times, but um, uh, I don't cry at love stories. I can't. I'm sh- I'm sure it's happened before, but I honestly can't remember it ever happening. Um, 
and I cried just at not like just the, just a, their story. Yeah, I cried a few different times. I cried at the bus stop the... scene, like you know, not like you know, I, my eyes, my <sighs> eyes watered, so I'm not like I didn't like start yeah. you know weeping, but like, um, it's beautiful. It's really, it's really beautiful, um, and you, it's so believable. Anyway, if you yeah, this this I'm... show, if you like, if you like character drama, if you like actually just like weird British humor, if you like, um, like really interesting writing and just like the writing is so sharp yeah um, and just like I mean, I inventive it's, it's, storytelling and if you like just romance i feel like this this show is for you a line in the show you know certain lines from some characters will make you laugh and just gasp at the same time almost yeah i mean everyone is so perfectly cast in their roles and Oh, God, I mean, it's like I, I would almost want more, except that I'm, you know, I think it, it, the perfect, the last scene is utterly perfect, and you don't yeah. want to tarnish it. And also, I'm just so excited to see what else uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge does with her career because she's a fucking genius. I mean, yes. she's a genius. I can't. There's a whole scene where uh, in the Kristen Scott, Scott Thomas scene where. Um, they're talking, she's talking about what it's, you know, being 33 and, um, I'm just like, oh my God, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is 33. Yep. (laughs) No. Yeah. Oh my God. She's about nine months older than me. So I've got that nine months to kind of work with and be, come up with. You've got a lot to do, but I believe in you. A work of art rivaling. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even try, but, um. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is absolutely great. This is so singularly her yeah. creation and her voice. Um, it's incredible. So um, that is Fleabag. That is Fleabag. Uh, um, maybe I'll we... watch the six episodes again after we finish this podcast. I think you probably so. will, knowing you. Um, Who are we kidding? Yeah. We could, we'll talk about it again next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> just... <laughs> so I watched it again. I have new, I have more thoughts. It's just, this, this, this podcast is a Fleabag podcast. We this just, every podcast. week, talk about Fleabag. Um, no, what, what are we actually going to watch in the next two weeks? So I'm kind of curious to check out this show, uh, Vita. Um, I don't know anything w- about this. So I didn't really know anything about it either. I'm interested because... My mother, who is a um, very good barometer of good television as well. She's a lot of good recommendations. Um, she recommended this show to me. It uh, is about Mexican-American sisters in Los Angeles. I think um, I think there's an element of like they grew up in kind of a, you know, East L.A. kind of rougher neighborhood. And then I think they've sort of um, kind of prospered and grown past it but there's a kind of a going back to the old neighborhood element to it um my mom says it's awesome i'm very curious to check it out okay uh, it is on stars which mom. is not a network that oh, well, anyone has God. unless you're my parents nobody has oh, our channel um but uh it is available for purchase on Amazon Prime, I saw, and you can do a free trial of Stars through Amazon Prime, and that's how they get you. I'm not going to fall for that. Watch the episodes. Yeah, they they are also available for purchase. So I might buy a couple and see if I like it. Yeah, let me know. Um, so I'm going to try that one because it sounds intriguing to me. Uh, Vita. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're I think also, we're also both we're going to talk about Dead to Me. Yeah, I think next time we'll talk about Dead to Me. We'll watch yeah. that. Um, yeah, which we mentioned last time so we don't really need to go last into time it, but um we gotta finish it yeah yeah we're gonna do that um not watching so not did you watching. so here's a show we're not gonna watch because it's been canceled um <laughs> that's a good reason not to watch it, <laughs> it yeah <laughs> it's called whiskey cavalier and if you had not heard about this show i honestly don't no, I, how you I missed it. Kept hearing about this show, but I steadfastly. I think it was refused. like during either like the Super Bowl or the Oscars. They like were. Oh yeah, didn't it play like it after was the Super like, Bowl? God, they were upset. I think it's. I don't know if it's CBS. That's whatever. Weird. That makes it even funnier that it's been canceled. Show. That it played after the Super Bowl. Well, like, it ha- this seems year. to have like a huge like production budget that probably accounts for it. Um, something I should divulge is uh, 
so I watched it, Sarah. <laughs> so you watched like you've been wait you like you've been watching it this whole time. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you because it's not good. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, it's it's not good. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> wait, I, you've been watching so I, I, I the whole admit time. That I was susceptible to their stupid advertising, but you know I love like spy shit. And it was like spy, and then I just started watching it. I like what? watched like three episodes in a row. I didn't know what was happening, and I was like, "This isn't very good." And then I just like kept watching. Okay, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm like suits. four episodes behind. You did Actually, watch you don't know. Know. I might be caught up. Anyway, it's not. Oh yeah, I did God. watch Suits. It's. Not... I love that you never mentioned this. I literally, you've never I was mentioned. So the fact embarrassed. That I still am. I'm Whiskey only, I, you know, in the interest of honesty and like. You know, we need to have a community. Of... In the in the theme of this uh, this week's episode, uh, being true to your authentic <laughs> self, telling your story. <laughs> telling your story. Yeah, it's so the acting in it is fine, and like it's not so much that the writing is bad. It's not, it's not, I'm sure it is. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not like it's. This is Nathan Nathan Fillion is in this show, right? From, no. Uh, no? no, what am I thinking of? Oh, this is um, what's his this face? Is Scott from Foley. This is Scott Foley and Lauren yep. Cohen, who was like a I can't, CW person. Okay, I, think. I was gonna say I couldn't. Oh, I had never seen her, her before. I only I... knew her from Who Weekly, but um, but Scott Foley. Yeah, it's it's oh boy, how to describe it? It's very Go like on. tight and like it. It's doing something, but it moves. <laughs> it's doing something. <laughs> It, it like, it went from zero to 60 real quick. Like, you know how they were advertising it? It's like, will they, won't they? Like, she's like a tough assassin and he's like trying to like, you know, get her to be his friend and it's like tension and like, you know that they're going to just like, like hook up, right? Yeah. This, it doesn't, like, they haven't yet, but it doesn't waste any time in like, make, like telegraphing that shit to you, you know? Is it kind of a bones thing? Like what's going on? Yeah, like, but there's that, but like... there's never any like actual buildup of chemistry because the show just <laughs> because like, there is none or no just show it doesn't let that happen. It's just like yeah. it it does so much uh, telling instead of showing. Um, like the you know the the um, there's a team that they assemble where it's like we're we're a, it's like a man from Uncle type thing except not good and they're like they're like we're gonna have our best mm-hmm, profiler mm-hmm. and our best tech person and our best like sure. you know systems person or whatever. Um, and they're all going to get together and we're going to have one team. And they like with by the third episode, they're like talking about like, well, we're a team. We're a family. And you're like, it's been three episodes. This is like second season. <laughs> you have shit. not earned this. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's insane. And there's um, and, like the, you know, the beginning of every episode. They're like previously on Whiskey Cavalier. And it's always like one of the characters being like, I was, I've always been able to profile people. I'm good at it it like helped me get by, but it didn't make my sisters like me that much. I'm like, Oh, well this episode will be about this character, like not being able to like identify with people. (laughs) And like, and then sure enough, it's just like all, and everything's like resolved in one episode where they're just like, sorry, we didn't take into account that you don't identify with people easily. Like it's, it's just I love so that we're talking bad. about all of this and then not watching <laughs> section of the show. Well, I gave up. I'm giving up on <laughs> Instead it. Instead of what we have been Oh, then the worst part is that the spy shit is so bad, Sarah. There's like one of part course. where they're like trying to track down this person and Scott Foley comes into the room and he's like, he says to the two experts on tracking people down, he says to them, track him down, use credit card payments cell phone signal, whatever you can think of. And I'm like, that is Spy TV 101. You use a credit card payment or a cell phone signal, and that never should be available because no no international terrorist is going to be like, I'm just going to stop into this gas station and use my credit card. <laughs> right, use my credit card. But they can easily Tied to track. my real name. So it's yeah. like clear that these people did not do any research. There is no consultant on staff that like worked for the CIA. It's just a bunch of people being like, uh, they would look for a cell phone signal. Like, they just don't know anything about how to write a spy story. Wait, so is one of them Whiskey and is one of them Cavalier? No, that's his name. That's his code name. Oh, he's, he's Whiskey, Whiskey Cavalier. Cavalier. So she doesn't get any of the... She doesn't I, get a fun code name? I don't know. Maybe she does. I honestly don't know what it is. Oh, my God. Well... But we're not watching it. <laughs> no, we're not watching it. How would we know? 
could we possibly know anything about well, the because, show like, I'd that say neither watch- of us is watching at all? <laughs> I'm sorry I lied to you. I I hope I made up for it by coming clean now. And t- It's just because it was Netflix. Oh, no, I'll never forgive you. I will say Suits is way better written. I can adjust you now. You'll have to prove to me that you can change. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to come back and be like, okay, so I actually want to really talk about another show that uh, ended this past week that's ended its long running time on TV. And that's the Big Bang Theory. And you're going to be like, you're going to be like, you've been watching that this whole time. And I'm going to be like, yeah, "Yeah, it's my favorite show. I secretly own all of the DVDs, all 17 seasons of the Big Bang Theory. (laughs) On, on DVD. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I I can tell you truthfully, I've not been watching. God the bless theory. those people in the rooms of money that they <laughs> oh my must God. have just filled with all just half a you know half a million nerds. square feet. And now we're printing Should... money, <laughs> right? <laughs> what if we came up with nerds? nerds? <laughs> what if nerds? What if what, what if nerds? If but hot girls nerds. too. Right. What if hot nerds? What if? Except like, right? Only the women. Only the women. Yeah. 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 I do kind of. You know what? I like that show. Gave us what's his face. Um, Sheldon, young Sheldon. Oh, your other favorite show, young Sheldon. Sheldon. Regular old Sheldon. The guy from the commercials for like Capital One or whatever. No. No, he's in. He's in. Who's the main dude? The one that talks really annoying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like actually kind of like I feel like he's actually a good actor. I don't know. I've I think he actually is a good actor. He's been in other commercial. stuff that I think is. I'm willing to entertain his career in a way that I like never need to see Johnny Galecki ever again. But um, you know, no, everyone else on that show can just kind of Jim like, Parsons. Jump in a lake. Yeah, Jim Parsons, who I think is actually like a theater actor, and he is. I I'm. Oh, you know, Intel. We'll it wasn't a credit card. It was for a computer. Okay. I was like, he's not, what's his face from like Silicon Valley or whatever. Samuel Jackson. No, he's Verizon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Samuel Jackson. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what's in everyone your else on that show can just like. Eat my know, shorts. They don't need to work every, yeah. They don't need to work ever again. No, no. Oh my God. They're going to get so much syndication money. Yeah. Do actors get syndication money? Oh, yeah. For right? sure. That's how they're all so rich. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. I don't know how shit works. Yeah. No, no, no. They're all very, very, very rich. Um, So good for them. Uh, Big Bang Theory over. Big Bong. <laughs> the Big Bong. Your Big Bong there. That's the end of the joke. <laughs> that's, that's the joke. That's that qu- click hole quiz where they just keep yelling, Shell Ron. It's so good. <laughs> For Sheldon. <laughs> Such a stupid uh, quiz. I love yeah. it. All right. Anyway, uh, anything yeah, else? We, we have fun here. We have fun here. We do on our, on our music <laughs> and science podcast. <laughs> and our music and science podcast. Where I like um, poorly explain what a semitone is. Oh, man. All right. That's it for us. That is. All right. Till next time. Bye.